You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday in December, uh, coming up on the holidays, and you might be thinking about your business for the upcoming new year, how you want to do things differently. Maybe you want to you know, figure out where you're frustrated, how to improve. Uh, my guest today is Jim Schulman with Elsinore Business Associates. Jim is a coach for entrepreneurs, business people, and he's got a lot of insights on how to help you uh, improve things and, and get better uh, and see your business grow in the upcoming new year. So, Jim, thank you for being here. Ryan, thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about your background. You've got some pretty extensive experience in business. So tell us about how you um, came to, to run this, this company. Well, uh, thank you, Ryan. And uh, it's a 40-plus year journey, so I'll give you the abbreviated version. Uh, I have been involved in sales and marketing uh, for a long time, sold everything from auto restoration equipment polyester pants, China to college women. Uh, in one case, a company engaged me to help them sell natural herbal-based personal lubricants to fundamentalist Christian women. Uh, <laughs> and I will add, I did not search that one out. That's a tough sell. Yeah. I, although, interestingly enough, that was probably the simplest sell imaginable because it's the principle when you know and trust somebody, for instance, somebody you went to school with, you might have been in the army together, uh, might have been somebody who goes to your religious congregation. If they have a product or service, you're far more likely to be disposed to purchase from them. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the company had a very strong, positive relationship within that community. So the sale of the product actually almost took care of itself. Just because of the, the connection to the group. And the trust, yes, exactly. In other words, for somebody who would have a need of that project product, there was a level of trust that you say might not necessarily have had if somebody came knocking at your door saying, hi, I have a suitcase full of this product. You know, that's an interesting point you bring up, Jim, is the trust factor, because it seems like you trust people who are in your network or people that have referred you to somebody as a referral, you're a lot more trustworthy because somebody is vouching for you, right? So that's correct. How do you, I mean, in terms of business, a good question is how do you these days establish trust where people are but people are bombarded with sales messages all day, right? All over the place. So what what are your tips for for building that trust level? Um there was a great comment. Uh that I heard many years ago from a business professor at Villanova University who said that sincere participation builds trust and commitment. Mm -hmm. So if you're involved with something, for instance, if you're involved in a networking group or you're involved in a community organization or a project, I have found that the people who are the volunteers, who participate sincerely, who take a leading role, especially if it's something that isn't necessarily the most glamorous things in the world. That's a wonderful way to build trust because people see you participating sincerely and with some purpose. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and far, far more likely to uh, buy your good or services. As a personal example, if I join an organization, I typically will give it three years and will take some sort of a leading role. And it could be running a committee. It could be a special event and so forth with the understanding that trust is something that's built over time. Right. right. Uh, I, look at, I look at networking and things of that nature and two categories. Are you a speculator or are you an investor? A speculator is the person who comes to the event and says, hi, I'm uh, you know, Harry Smith and uh, I create the most wonderful X, Ys and Zs. And here's the link to buy my X, Y, and Z, and I'll bomb you with an email later with a two-for-one special. Okay, we've right. all lived through folks like that. Yep. An investor is somebody who over time is going to form a bond with you as a part of this organization so that a discussion of their good and service is probably going to come far more naturally. So, and when you say investing, you know, it's is it more or less kind of getting to know the people in the group, getting to know them personally, but also providing value through the knowledge you have and your, and your particular expertise. Would you say that's a part of it too? A part of it, but for instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, using, uh, I had once belonged to a chamber of commerce mm -hmm. and I was leading a committee that did not have to do with my particular expertise but after leading the committee for a while, I had conversations where people would bring up questions about my expertise and how it might help their organization. Right. So those questions kind of pop up just in the midst of conversation. And, and you never know, even though you might get into a group where you think, well, I'm not really a fit here. Mm -hmm. You just never know when you start a conversation how mm -hmm. something might come up that you could help them with. That's absolutely true. I think one of the best examples of that is that there are many programs that end in the word anonymous, mm -hmm. and they almost all say this is a program of of attraction, not promotion. Yep. In other words, if you see something that you like, you may be interested in asking more about it, as opposed to saying, hi, this is the most wonderful X, Y, and Z. Right, right. I think it's hard. I mean, if, you know, for so many years, business people, including myself, you know, you get into a mindset where you're going into a networking group, like a, like a wolf to sheep. And you're, you're trying to like, just let me get a lead here. Let me, let me just sell whatever I'm selling here. And it's hard to break that mindset into just calming down and saying, you know what, let me just get in here and, and, and learn about what people are doing here. Learn about the people, see how I could be of help and, and be of support. You know, how do you, for people that are listening, how do you recommend shifting that gear in your head? You know, how do oh, you well, recommend approaching it differently? I would approach it differently by first and foremost, looking at the group. What's the DNA of this place? Is it founded by somebody who is a sincere participant? Is it founded by somebody who believes in building relationships? Mm -hmm. uh, are the people who are being attracted to the group the sort of people that you would want to spend time with as a professional? Uh, and if you wind up in a group, for instance, that's a room filled with folks who are, for want of a better word, selling cliched products and services that the last 42 people that you've run into are selling, 
and there isn't much differentiation, perhaps that's not the right group. But right. if it's a group with people who go out of their way to try to help others, if the group was founded that way, if the founders are supportive of the people, completely different situation. Uh, I also urge people to constantly look at new groups that look interesting and don't be afraid to jettison a group you belong to that no longer feels functional. And by feels functional, meaning it might be phony, it might be filled with phonies, it might be obvious that the people there are not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, all good reasons. In my case, if I'm in a group, I look for ambition. Yeah. Are the people who are participating ambitious in building their business or building their careers? You can almost sense and taste ambition. Uh, yep. It works for me. It isn't necessarily for any everyone. Other people might have other criteria. Right, right. So I'm curious too, what you talked about how <laughs> you, you had to sell the product to the, the Christian fundamentalist women. Mm -hmm. I mean, being in business and sales myself, that seems like a really really difficult challenge so how did you apply this to like that situation where it just seems like uh you know you're trying to sell ice to an eskimo you know what i mean like well in this how did case, you approach that if this turned out to be and it goes back to the uh, the concept of once there is a level of trust the organization i worked with had an extra exceptionally good relationship and reputation within the community yeah. they also had had a history of strong sales previously. Yeah. Frankly, it was a matter of messaging about new product and its availability, and it almost took care of itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd say to an extent it was almost Pavlovian in that there was an offer and people bought. Yeah. But it was a combination of need and desire and extreme trust. And the trust was built over time through sincere participation. Yeah. If we look at the difference between B2C and B2B, business to consumer and business to business, do you think, how does trust apply in those different scenarios? Because it seems like maybe it's harder business to business because because it's just, to me, a harder sell. How do you feel trust applies in those different types of sales or business scenarios? Well, my question is, how are you selling? Is this a personal contact? Is this uh, a blasted email message? Is this going to be something through marketing through LinkedIn, for instance? Is it going to be some other use of social media promotion? Um, they all have different approaches and they all have different focuses. I would say if there was a unifying theme, it's can you strike a visceral reaction with somebody? Mm -hmm that would cause them to take action. A visceral reaction like, wow, I really like this person. Uh, I think this person is trustworthy. Are there other people in that uh, group of people you're approaching who say, this guy is really fascinating and terrific? Very yeah. often when we get stuff in our inbox, and I'm sure you as well as I, when we open our inbox and email in the morning, there are two zillion messages about why this person's genius and their product or service is wonderful. Yep. Uh, 
they're all shocked that I haven't signed up for their $99 seminar yet because seats are rapidly uh, disappearing. Right. Um, they're very often, or I refer to it as uh, they want you to read their new article, Four Passive Aggressive Reasons for Hiring Me Immediately. Yeah. You know, under the guise of I'm here to provide education. It's like, no, you're here to sell your stuff, you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'll I'll get a LinkedIn message where it'll say, uh, "I'm from ABC Company, and here's what we do, and we do this, and we do that." And it's never about at least making the connection to me and figuring out what my problem is or my stress is, or mm -hmm. just trying to get to know me. And I think that's what's missing in sales. And I think, um, and I'm learning it every day myself. So I totally understand what you're saying. So you think your messaging needs to, to start to build trust and, and understanding and a connection on that end and the sales come later. Is that what you're saying? The answer is, it, and again, this depends upon the good or the service. It might be I'm selling a good where it's a matter of, I don't need trust. You know, do you have itchy feet? I have foot powder. Okay. Yep. It isn't necessarily the same thing, but in a situation where as a consultant, working with another business owner, or it's something with a more, I'm going to say, elaborate uh, set of circumstances, it's a different situation. Like I can give you an example from many years ago. I was approached when I was buying advertising by a magazine that wanted me to uh, you know, buy space in their magazine. Mm -hmm. And it's nice. And I was approached by many salesmen over that time. And I tried to get rid of the salesman. And I said, well, I have this product that I want to sell, but doesn't really relate to your audience at all. And that's why I'm not interested. But, you know, you're a lovely person. Yep. And said, I think it could. Can I get back to you, Jim? And I said, sure. Two days later, the person called me back and said, here are the statistics of our readership and the number of people who use your product. And here's where the market research came from. Yeah. And at that point, I said, hmm. I don't have a choice. I'm going to buy space in your magazine for two reasons. Number one, you made a good case. And number two, you reacted to me as a person and my particular concerns or thoughts. Right. It wasn't generic. I recently had received an invitation on LinkedIn where the person sent a note with it, addressed me personally in a way that sounded like it came from a human and it wasn't just some bot that was going through a list. Right. And I replied to the person, either this is the most fantastic AI I have seen and my hat's off to it, or it's you individually and I appreciate it either way. So of course I'm going to respond. Person right. got back to me by the way and said, no, believe it or not, it's me. And I do this individually. And I said, of course I'm going to have a meeting with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting idea because these days we think about AI and bots and everybody's using them on LinkedIn and, and other places. Um, and we're forgetting about the power, <clears throat> excuse me, the power of um, the human element. And that at the end of it all, without technology and everything else, we're, we're people who want to connect with people. And we want to feel that human to human connection because that's what's inherently built in us, right? So, mm -hmm. uh yeah, and I think the problem is with technology, we are stripping that away, would you say? And that's really just a hindrance to, to business in some ways? No, this is something that goes back long before the current waves of technology. 
it's people who fall in love with the tool rather than the result. Mm -hmm. In other words, if somebody said to you, uh, you know, if somebody said to you, you really need to have a new house rather than designing a house or shopping with it. If I woke up one day and I said, if I had this brand new hammer, I could hammer in all sorts of boards and drywall and it would make my house wonderful. So I rush out and I buy the hammer. And now yeah. I'm looking at this tool, but it has really no direct relationship to what I want to accomplish. Right. Sometimes we find people buy tools because they're afraid to get involved in the details. They might be afraid to have one-to-one -one communications with folks. So right. they fall in love with the tool. Uh, how many times, Ryan, have you heard of somebody who said, I went with this company that provided me with a qualified list of leads and it's absolute and complete trash. And they're upset because it didn't uh, prove out. I had a client of mine talk to yesterday who said about a year before he had purchased one of those lists and it was a bomb. And my first reaction was, well, why didn't you tell me when you bought it? Lesson learned. But number two was, why do you think that just having somebody who will magically deliver names to you is going to be an effective solution? Right. When you're not involved with the process of how the names are derived, what's important to you, and especially why are you using them to start that relationship as opposed to doing it yourself? Right. Right. I completely agree. There's a book I'm, I'm reading called The Revenue Growth Engine by Daryl Amy. It's excellent. And it says exactly what you said. It's a people buy outcomes. They buy results. They don't buy products. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you go to a nice restaurant, you're buying the feeling of you're taking your partner out. You're having a good meal. It's a good experience. You're talking. You're eating. The food is good. You're not buying the restaurant. You're buying the, the feeling you get and the results of a good meal, right? So Absolutely. I think that's, that's exactly how people should approach sales is they're, they're buying a, a result, an outcome that they foresee working for them to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They see that. And also the question is stated need versus real need, stated motivation versus real motivation. Right. And they are not necessarily the same thing very often people will fall into a fall into a situation where they look at what they think the obvious motivation should be versus what happens how many times Ryan have you spoken to somebody saying why aren't they buying my service or product they desperately need it they're having this problem or this issue and what i'm offering them fixes it right now well right that may be true, but what's going on in the other person's head? Or do they think it's really a problem for them? If they do, is it really an urgent problem for them? Right. Is a solution something that's scarier to that person than living with the problem? Right. You know, the opportunity cost and the opportunity cost can be between somebody's ears as opposed to uh, as opposed to what's going on truly beyond that point. Right. Right. Well, Jim, this has been a really good conversation and you have a lot of insights and I think people can definitely get some value out of speaking to you and learning more from you. So what is the best way for people who are listening to reach out to you? Oh, goodness. Well, the best way, frankly, is send me an email and the email address is Jim S J I M S 
at Elsinore B A E L S I N O R E B A dot com. Uh, and I will be happy to respond that way. They're more than welcome to check out the wealth website, elsinoreba.com. Uh, and uh, we'll be happy to go from there. Any upcoming events, speaking events, or things or groups you're involved in, you can recommend to people out there listening that you're involved with? Oh, goodness. Uh, the answer to that is, I would have to say it depends upon the individual. There are events I am involved with that could be fascinating to some people and be an absolute waste of time to others. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't think of anything offhand that would be universally sensational. Um, what I can say is that uh, I am involved with a number of different things and that if the person contacts me, I could probably make referrals to places where they should be or things I think that they should watch. That's great. Okay. Well, thanks, Jim Shulman, everybody, Elsinore Associates. Uh, he's going to help you out with your sales approach, your business, help uh, eliminate some of the frustrations you have going on. Jim, it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. And Ryan, thank you for the invite. It was a pleasure. Hey, this is Ryan. Are you in the market for a customer relationship management system for your business? Well, before you drop a dime, pick up my book, Customer Relationship Management Exposed, now available on Amazon. Just search Customer Relationship Management Exposed in my name, R-Y-A-N-A-R-C-O-R-A-C-I. This is your definitive guide to saving money before purchasing a CRM, so pick it up today.